Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. I almost hit lead meeting. <laughs> by accident. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson. And uh, the Panthers are almost done with their first 10-game stretch of the 2023-24 season. Uh, they, game nine was uh, was a good one, I would say. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky's 650th NHL start. Uh, Alexander Barkov's 672nd game as a Florida Panther, making him the most playingest Panther of all time. There's probably a better way to say that. There certainly is, but I'm going to go with it. We use winningest to talk about coaches, so why can't we use playingest to talk about players? Hey, I, I don't know why. Uh, and in in... Excellent fashion. Sergey Bobrovsky shuts out the Detroit Red Wings. Panthers win the game 2-0. Uh, Panthers move to 5-3-1. and one, Good for fourth place in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Third and place I mean, per game. Yeah. Ahead, now ahead of Detroit. By all accounts, are we? Yes. Now ahead of Detroit in points per game. Oh, in points per game. Yes, yes, yes. Because they've played 11 games to the Panthers' 9. Um uh, yeah, I guess by points percentage, the Panthers are sitting in third in the division. Well, I guess tied with Toronto, but but and Montreal's not going to last in second place in that metric. Uh, Tampa in sixth. We have more last. regulation. Uh, we have more regulation wins than them, so not tied. Yeah, Suck it, uh, Panthers current. I mean, currently sitting wild card two, which was good enough last year. Uh, and. The big news, uh, I think the big news that we really have to talk about from a more macro level is we have some good news on Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour. Uh, It seems like whereas they were originally slated to return like December, January, uh, they are practicing now, no contact, but they're practicing. uh, And it seems that they may be able to return closer to like Thanksgiving, which assuming they are fully fit to play would be wonderful. But would it, I mean, do we really want to ruin the good thing we got going on defense right now? (laughs) I mean, they just shut out the Red Wings. Like that's not easy. You saw, you saw that team and all the firepower that they have. That's not like they have flaws, but I wouldn't say that scoring is among them right now. Yeah. And yet the Panthers shut them out. It was a great game by Sergei Bobrovsky, and it was a great game by Sergei Bobrovsky's right goalpost. Uh, <laughs> Michael Rasmussen will be seeing that goalpost in his dreams tonight. Yeah. And they'll be no, more like I nightmares. will say, relative to the point you're making, TJ, the Panthers do currently sit seventh, uh, seventh best in the league in Corsi against per 60 minutes at five on five. Uh, so defense overall not a problem. No. The, the Panthers defense is actually doing a lot better than I think most of us would think that it would have been doing at this point before the season started. 
And we got to give some flowers right here a little bit to Bill Zito for the offseason defensive acquisitions that have all been better than expected defensively. Yeah. But my general philosophy, at least like a very reductionist way that you could say that I look at these things is that generally offense, I think, is more down to talent than coaching scheme. But I think defense is more down to coaching scheme than talent. So I think that Paul Maurice really deserves a lot of credit for how well the defense is playing right now. Yeah. Um, Josh Mahura, the only Panthers defenseman below a 50% Corsi 4 percentage. What, on the season or tonight? On the season. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I, I figured that he would have been better, by the way, because him and Belinskis together have been pretty good. Yeah, oddly enough, Belinskis is uh, fourth. At, with what? Fifty three point three seven. Okay, that's not such ahead a huge of Dmitry Kulikov at fifty three point three six. It's not a huge disparity. No, but. I I actually I'm not sure I agree with that. Six percent is is a pretty significant difference between six in and in fifth. nine games. I I I well whatever. This is very uninteresting. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, every every defender really playing well. Like I guess that we probably aren't right about Mike Riley being definitely better than all of them, or you know, definitely not all of uh, them. No, I see. I would still take that take that position. I'm very pleased overall with how the team defense is playing and how the defensemen have been playing, but I still believe that Mike Riley would be an improvement. I wonder if we'll get to see that. I mean, hopefully not because that would mean somebody gets hurt, but I would, I would hope that we get to see it. Like maybe the next game coming up is against Chicago. Who's really struggled in terms of the advanced stats and they are three, six and oh, so maybe that's an opportunity for Mike Riley. I certainly hope that they've learned it. from <laughs> the, you know, playing Bob the three times in five days against Winnipeg, Minnesota, and the New Jersey, that that middle game didn't go great. Uh, same sort of thing happened against Vancouver, but that was three and six. This is another three and five. The Blackhawks are a bottom feeder. Connor Bedard's very good, but that team is is not. So they gave up eight goals to Arizona. Anthony like, Stolarz like should play that game. Like you you can't really overreact to anything that happens in an eighty two game season. But I'd be questioning the the process in terms of the starting goaltender if Anthony Stolarz does not play the next game on Saturday in Chicago, which I uh, actually want to point out that I will, I will be at the game on Saturday in Chicago, you know, provided that uh, the flight takes off and lands and everything like that, you know, barring unforeseen circumstances. So if you're headed to the game in Chicago, hit me up. Maybe we'll get a beer after or something like that. By the way, Chicago, not entirely a bottom feeder Uh, in their conference alone. There are three teams behind them. But I mean, they're like twenty eighth or ninth in expected goals percentage. So yeah. Also, interestingly enough, uh, TJ, if I were to ask you off the top of your head, 
Who is last place in the Eastern Conference right now? Um, you know, you asking me this on the podcast leads me to believe that the answer is the Ottawa Senators. No, if if Alex were here, that would have been the answer. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want? Do I get a second guess? Sure. Um. Okay. So if it's not Ottawa, correct. Buffalo won on Wednesday, so I don't think that they're in last. They were kind of threatening for that. Oh man. Well, I, this should be easier. This really should Surprisingly, be Surprisingly. No, I, I disagree. I don't think it should be easier. Oh, okay. Um, I'll say Pittsburgh. That is correct. Yeah. Last place in the Eastern Conference is Eric Carlson, Sidney Crosby, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And what's really bizarre about it is they're, I believe, number one in the league in all situations, XG percentage right now. Which uh, part of it is a continuation of last season's inability to convert their chances for some fucking reason. And Jari hasn't been great. I don't think he's been terrible. I think that above either of those things is is really that like the the few games that they've lost have been kind of 50-50. And the games that they've won have been complete and total domination. Like they... I believe they beat the Avalanche five nothing or something like that. Jeez. And they like completely cleaned their clock on the underlying numbers. Like that's a team I don't expect to continue their struggles. But maybe those dominating performances are more of an aberration than the ones where they're losing. Still, like I haven't really seen anything from them that changes my mind about where I think they're ultimately going to be, which is first round yeah. and out in the playoffs. Yep, I agree. But you can dig yourself a big enough hole that like it's going to be difficult to get out. But the the middle of the pack this year in the Eastern Conference is pretty mid, so they can probably figure out a way to get there. Like I think the Bruins, who are eight zero and one right now. And everybody's talking about like all oh, the Bruins and look- whose fans are very mad at me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of entertaining. Uh, plus fifteen goal that's differential, it, like you know, it, it's it's cute and all, but like I don't think they're gonna miss the playoffs per se. No, they won't. But Tampa will. That is not the best team in the Atlantic. I'm sorry, it's just not. They they're they're like an above average team at best, honestly. Yeah. Or maybe not at best. They're an above average team. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. I wouldn't take that away from them. But but they're not going to think... maintain a 944 points percentage. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that that's a stretch to say they aren't going to maintain that. Wasn't um, there one year where Philadelphia started off the season by just ripping off like a 10 game win streak and then missed the playoffs? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffalo did something similar, I believe. Oh, yeah. I'm, no, I'm actually, I was actually thinking. No, but Buffalo Philly did that like too. Philly ago. did it too. They also yeah. lost 10 in a row like two weeks later. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that was a weird year. <laughs> it was very weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it is still early, but I would have to yeah. say that uh, some of the most impressive teams have been. Uh, I would start with the Rangers, really. Like they're getting nothing out of some of the guys that they signed over the off season, like Blake Wheeler has done nothing. 
You're telling me that 48 year old Blake Wheeler isn't actually that good anymore. They, but they've been out. I can't believe 56 year old Blake Wheeler isn't that good anymore. And, and uh, I think that um, what's the name of the coach they hired again? Old Gerard coach? No, no. <laughs> old David Washington Quinn. Coach. No. God damn it. We got special guest. Yeah. Peter Laviolette. Peter Laviolette is pushing all the right buttons there. John Porterell. Um, Shout out to the Islanders who are somehow second in the Metro. Um, Not even really on the back of Askarov, although I guess the 23 goals against in nine games is good. I'm just looking at the Rangers. 19 goals against in 10 games, which is very, very strong. And uh, makes the the Islanders look bad. What was that? We're going around the NHL a little bit. Alex, if you're going to join late, you have to let the conversation flow. (laughs) Some some notable goods and and bad starts. Uh, in the East, but we were talking about Pittsburgh a little bit earlier. I, I think the Rangers are on the other end of the spectrum, and I don't expect them to slow down. I think this is this is a team that has a lot of fucking talent, man. Although Adam Fox got hurt tonight, so maybe he did. Yeah, that's that's gonna cause. Some All right, issues. while we're going around the NHL, let's not pull back into the Panthers before we discuss. Uh, Remember the marketing campaign that said no soap operas, just hockey? How wrong could it have been? It was wrong at the time. It's like, true. That was the stupidest marketing campaign the NHL has ever tried. Alex, where do we even start with this? With We start in Canada's capital, I think. Well, I mean, well, no. we're starting there for sure, but like with what? The fall of Dorian. Okay. The summer of Dorian. That was a good one. Yeah, it was the summer of Pierre, and now it's the fall of Pierre because Pierre Dorian relieved of duties, the first significant firing of the season very early. Like you I can't remember the last time something happened this early. I think even Glyne got fired a little bit. I can remember the the last time something like that happened this early. A firing. Not yeah. Well the resignation. I, yeah, I guess that was technically a resignation, not a firing. But Q about ten games into the season, yeah. the Panthers were nine and one at the yeah. time. Yeah, they were. They were nine and zero. <laughs> they were nine and zero. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Doring was not long for the job because you know there was a new owner who wanted to bring his guys in, and Dorian was basically considered a puppet of uh, Eugene Melnick, mm-hmm. who, if you don't know, is one of the worst owners in recent sports history, not just a hockey history. Um, but yeah, that, that whole situation is just hilarious because to abs to lie to another team about a no trade clause so you can get a trade done easier is so Bush league. It's not even, it's so funny. Like, how are you this incompetent that you're lying about a no trade clause? I'm I'm not even sure what's worse, if they lied or if they legitimately didn't realize. I, I mean, it, it's kind of funny because, like, if you want to know about a no trade clause, you just go on Cap Friendly. I mean, Cap Friendly yeah. is an official resource. I I think they might not have had the no trade. At the time, like I, I would have to ask the guy from Cap Friendly, but my understanding is that you can't just like go look at a contract. Like if if um, what's what's the guy's name? The GM of the Golden Knights, 
McCrimmon in or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly, if Kelly McCrimmon had some sort of suspicion that he was being lied to, I don't think there's any way that he could have confirmed or denied that. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't think that's how it works. No, but, but I could be completely Dorian wrong. should have fucking known. Yeah, of course. He signed the <laughs> fucking deal. There's, there's, I can't remember the article I read and it was talking about this. It was some sense blogger who shows up like once in a blue moon and he just drops absolute truth bombs on a delusional fan base. And he was talking about how like, yeah, there's gamesmanship in every single trade. You know, if you're trading, you know, the Panthers are trading good Branson to, I don't know, the Vancouver Canucks. You don't tell them that that good Branson is trash and that you're about to just absolutely bend them over in a deal. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you have a guy who has a drug problem, you don't tell them, oh, hey, yeah, this guy likes the nose candy. So we're trying to get rid of him. Like, no, you talk him up and you'd be like, yeah, no, we're, we really hate to lose him. But to outright lie about a no trade clause. Yeah. You deserve everything you get. So, yes, the soon to be superpower Ottawa senators are now without a first round pick for two of the next three drafts because they still owe a first round pick for Chikrin. And now they owe a first round pick for this trade for this uh, fiasco. Alex, I think one of the interesting questions here, and I'm very glad right now that you're an attorney. Um, I'm not usually happy about that, but right now I am. Does the new owner, or I guess, soon to be new owner of the Ottawa Senators have a case no, I'm pretty against sure it's Okay. Uh does he have a case against the Sens or the NHL for misrepresenting uh the 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 group that he was planning on purchasing because that, this does affect the value of the team. That's a very difficult question to answer because this is essentially contract law and in the contract for sale I would be shocked if the NHL didn't have some sort of catch-all provision to be like, hey, you know, buyer be not not necessarily buyer beware, but like it's just cover you know, CYA of anything that hasn't come up yet. Like you're you're just taking that risk on. Now, whether or not you know it was dirty pool to not tell the you know, you know, Andalar. That hey, your team is under investigation for two things. You're gonna you're one of your prospects that you anticipate being your third line center is gonna be suspended for gambling, and you're potentially losing a high draft pick for something your GM did. Should that have been disclosed? Yes. But at the same time, like if I'm the NHL, I'm not just waving that in a flag, I'm kind of burying that paperwork and making you find it. That's that's Every, that's a half of an attorney's job. If there's bad evidence out there, you don't just you don't hand it on a silver platter to your opponent. You do your best to kind of legally bury it and hope they don't find it. So that's almost certainly what the NHL did here. The other interesting thing about Shane Pinto's suspension is that the Senators' helmet sponsor is a sports book. Yeah, the NHL's got to figure this out. Like I. I would have to say that's one area where I I think that I don't necessarily think that they got like deferential treatment. Is that the opposite of preferential treatment? Whatever. No, you guys are know what you guys. They were targeted. They're they were not targeted. Let's put it that way. But (laughs) no. (laughs) But 
if you're going to be taking all this money from sports books, you can't just have a blanket policy that people can't gamble on sports. Like, sure, I mean, you can. Don't bet on the NHL. But it's just so I just cannot sit here and say it makes sense to me that they can take all of this sports book money, but then turn yeah. around and ban their players from betting on the NFL or something right. like that, it's, where they it's have setting no totally impact. opposite. It's sending totally opposite messages. Exactly. exactly. You're either condoning it or condemning it. Like you can't do both. It's awful. And this is, you know, the best Hi, sport, Zane. the worst league, the, the the league not telling and Lauer before his purchase that they were going to lose a first round pick in the next three years. Like, Come on. Come Did on. you guys know that I'm never going to remember the name of the Ottawa Senators' new owner? And it is entirely the fault of South Florida Radio. Because whenever, the mean. Yes, whenever I think about this dude's name, the only name that pops into my head is Anajar. <laughs> yeah. It That's fantastic. I, I will never remember this dude's name because I'll just keep thinking of Anajar. So congratulations, Anajar and Levine. Your advertising has worked. Oh, yeah. Who, who's the owner of the Ottawa <laughs> Senators? Some guy named Duffy Flanagan. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's just a comedy of errors with that organization. And again, another thing pointed out, like when GMs get fired, their their supporters come and cape up for them. I mean, Dale Talon got jettisoned by the Panthers and you had you had hockey men rushing to his defense to say how unfair it was. And we all know how bad of a GM Dale Talon was. Gerard Gallant got jettisoned by the Panthers. And yeah, was it a little early? Maybe, but we kind of now know Gerard Gallant's not that good. No, he's not that good. Like the, the, the fervor that he was defended by the media, it's all based on who, you know, and how much they like you. And mm-hmm. nobody liked Pierre Dorian. There is no one defending him today. No, there yeah. really isn't. If uh, if Pierre Maguire had a Twitter account, maybe we'd be hearing it from him. But uh, I, oh. I guess he wouldn't be, though, because he directly benefits in terms of the chain of command. He goes further up, I suppose. No, I think they already he's been kicked out already. What? They fired him, too? Yeah, he's been gone. He what? only lasted like a year. Pierre Maguire's not with the Suns anymore. I didn't know about that. This yeah, yeah. he only made it like a year. I'm, I'm almost positive about this. Oh, yeah. He's back with Sportsnet. Jesus. Um, Quick. I mean, I know not to make the Senators Paris, but. Uh, Disgusting you, name. Throw it you, away. Did you guys hear who is considered one of the front runners for the job? Yes, we did. And if you didn't, well, that's too bad for you. But you'll love to hear that the answer to that question. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Is Taylor Hall for Adam Larson? The trade is one for one. That guy. That guy. That guy. And it's not the guy who got Taylor Hall. You know, the funny thing is that right now, the Seattle will turn that down. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he won a he won the Hart Trophy. So yeah. Peter Shirelli does not get any points for that. Fact. So Alex, what you're saying is Nico Mikola for Brady Kachuk. One for one, full send. No, it's gonna be our <laughs> our, our friends in uh, Columbus, Eric Branson <laughs> for Brady Kachuk. One for one. No, we need to reunite the Kachuk brothers, or we need to unite the Kachuk brothers. I mean, they were united at birth, so it would be a reuniting. I guess, the, but they've never played Brady's on the same birth. NHL team together. Um, 
Yeah, we should fix that. Anyway, uh, Alex right, had to run. So, so thank you to our Miko, special Miko. guest, Alex Lopez. Um, <laughs> and back to Senator's soiree. Not really. Oh, no, my God. We're done with we're done talking about the senators. Um, before we exit the league wide talk, um, I'm going to name this segment Pack Watch for the meantime, while it exists, because it may not exist for a long time. But uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning lost in regulation in Columbus today, and uh-huh. they are now four, three, and three, and sixth place in the Atlantic Division. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think that more losing is on the immediate horizon for that team, who is playing poorly and is backstopped by Jonas Johansson. Yeah, that's not also, a recipe for success. Also, changing from. Uh... From earlier in the episode, uh, Boston and Toronto did go to overtime. So Toronto has one more point than we do now. So the Panthers are now outside of a playoff spot. First team out. But not by points per game. Especially since Toronto didn't end up winning. They lost in a shootout. True. The Panthers are still ahead by points percentage. And that's what really matters. Points percentage. They give out the cup based on points percentage. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Okay, so Um, let's get back to the Panthers. Um, Yeah, we also got to see seven minutes and 54 seconds of Sam Bennett uh, (laughs) this this week. That's uh, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Almost eight entire minutes of Sam Bennett coming back from injury. Pretty dominant minutes. I'm pretty sure he was only on ice for one shot. He was fantastic. It's uh it's, in his nearly eight minutes. Yeah, it's uh eight minutes in heaven. Seven minutes and fifty-one seconds in heaven, I believe. Jake can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Uh yeah, that was an that was an odd game. Panthers get out to the two-nothing lead and really were the better team in pretty much all of the game. Like the second period, Bruins got back into it for sure, had more of the scoring chances, but I believe. They Panthers really had more shots in the third, and I can get that information up in a moment. But um, you know, this this really wasn't a complacency kind of uh let up. This wasn't a choke. They just uh the Bruins just got all the goaltending that they needed to accumulate enough chances to finally beat Bob. Like uh in the third period, the shots at five on five were six three Florida and twelve four Florida overall. Scoring chances overall were eleven to one Florida, and the period ended one nothing Boston. The the Bruins, I think, uh, you know, we're talking about them being nine zero and one, and you know, just really not that impressive. And like you, you bank enough points, it doesn't really matter. But I'm not seeing anything from this team to really change my mind that they're not a serious cup contender uh 12th in the league in five on five Corsi four percentage eighth in expected goals four percentage so they're getting good quality relative to their quantity uh but still not like yeah they're they're a middling playoff team this early in the season also Corsi is just way better because you have I, yeah I think at most points in the season Corsi true, is better but it's it's a it's a larger sample size at this right. point in the season and that's especially meaningful when it comes to yes just how little the what you have you know 
eventually there will be a big enough sample, sample size, size that X easier will be cool. for small data points to or large data points to skew it. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's how stats works. I agree with that. Um, okay, so and but then Sam uh, yeah, I mean Bob played well in the that Florida game Panthers too. in uh, Sam Bennett currently leading the Florida Panthers in Corsi four percentage uh, with a with a very strong ninety three point three. I think it, I think that that won't be going down <laughs> for a while, you know. So, which is a testament to Sam Bennett's quality. Just a just a great player. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really have too much else to say about that game in particular. I mean, we since this is coming out the day after a game, we can talk a little bit more about the Red Wings game too, if that makes sense to you. And then just kind of on the macro level. Because a lot of a lot of things have happened since the last time we recorded. It's been more than a yeah. week. Sorry, guys. I had to do a thing. Alex had to do a thing. We Jake all had, had to, to do, do things and had to take a week off. Look, y'all know how it is. I will not elaborate. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Being a busy adult with many important things to do. Yeah. Such as, like, attend a concert because you wanted to. <laughs> which is what I did not only all weekend, but uh, on Wednesday as well. Uh, so the, this Red Wings game, what stood out to me from looking at what happened under the hood a little bit is not that Barkov had an outstanding game because that tends to happen. But <laughs> looking at the Corsi for percentage leaders, we got a, a couple of guys that you might not necessarily expect Ooh, to be up to there. Good. Started in, making trouble in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, they were making trouble if you were a Detroit Red Wings player. Their names are Dmitry Kulikov and Nico Mikola, who both were above 70% Corsi 4 yeah, at 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah, both had uh, strong, strong games, especially Nico Mikola. Six scoring chances on ice, 4-0 against. What does New High score mean? Is that good? Did I break it? He's the only player that was on ice for zero scoring chances at 5-on-5 five five against. Zero. What does new high score mean? Is that good? Did I break it? I mean, it was Balinskis. He was on ice for six against, and he played two fewer minutes. So not that I'm saying Uvis Balinskis is crap or anything, but like. No, but that's a testament to how strong of a game the Kulikov-Mikola pairing had. Yes, especially Mikola, because it seems like. Wait, no. What am I talking about? I'm getting all of those things I just said. They apply to Kulikov, not Mikola. They apply to Kulikov. I've been looking at this wrong. Kulikov's on top, not Mikola. Okay, so Kulikov on ice for six scoring chances, four and zero against. And in particular, had a better game than uh, Mikola, it seems like, in terms of that on ice stuff. But, you know, that could be like the penalty kill where when uh, I think it was Kulikov took a penalty. It expired, and all of a sudden that time is considered five on five but he's not on the ice yeah. anymore. Maybe he <laughs> went to the bet, you know, whatever that it's, it's one game Think Weird things can happen, but generally cool cop for one year, 1 million uh, starting to really look like he belongs. Uh, Mikula looking like a good signing right now. Kind of what we expected is uh, about those analytics. I think it's uh, a little bit more about the, the St. Louis blues being kind of a disaster right now. They still kind of are. Blues? Also, have some of the weak because he was on the Blues last year before he oh, got traded to yes. the Rangers. Mikola, I kind and of lost your train of thought. <laughs> that's very fair. I tend to meander and ramble. And oh, what's that? Oh, okay. I know what I'm looking at now. 
the um the things that we were saying about his analytics not necessarily being a full indicator of how good he is or isn't because of the context that created them looks like it's it's bearing fruit uh the one thing that is kind of strange to me though like in in contrast to all the positive things that are happening is this team's not scoring as much as I would have thought. Like, let's go through the last few games. They scored two goals tonight. They scored two goals against Boston. What was the Saturday game? That was the Seattle, Seattle right? So they scored three goals. That should be what you're doing every night. That's the only time in the last three games they've done it. And it's not like they even eclipsed three goals. And then before that was what? This is great radio, Vancouver? guys. I don't think so. I think San there was Jose? something. Was it San Jose? Yeah, it must have been. That was three goals or was one of them an empty netter? I'm going to only count goals against a goalie for this particular exercise. Fair. I think it's also worth noting that Matthew Kachuk is still sitting on one goal. Yeah. Um, very, very. Bizarre. That's not going to stay the case. Yeah. And Barkov's playing well enough that like he sh- should be getting more bounces whether it's for him or for his line mates. I mean they're they're obviously doing pretty well but like it could be video game numbers at this point based <laughs> on the way he's playing. He's an early Hart Trophy candidate. I I know that like without putting up the video game numbers it will never happen but like it could yeah, the totally. video game numbers could come based on the ice tilt that he's especially for the record if uh if the Oilers don't recover. Yeah, because which I think they're if, down if right McDavid now. McDavid can't drag the Oilers back up to a decent position, then the heart conversation becomes a lot more interesting than it has been in previous years. Of course, right now the front runner is Frank Vetrano, you know, with his league leading nine <laughs> goals. So, yeah, Frank Vetrano uh, at the top of my heart ballot right now, but uh, Barkov might be second or maybe third. Heart, I don't know. H-E-A-R-T. That's definitely number one there because he's <laughs> uh, he's great. I love him. Go, Sasha, go. It's it's a marvel every night. The, the, we get to watch the best player in Panthers history, and I am remembering how good Bure was, and I am remembering how good Luongo was. Wait, are we still talking about Frank Vetrano? <laughs> Barkov. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Barkov, man. Yeah. Um, honestly, I I think Barkov is probably putting his name on the Selkie ballot pretty early this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what goes into voters' heads when they vote on the Selkie. I kind of doubt they know what's going on in their heads when they decide on who to vote for for the Selkie. But yeah, like based on merit merits, I I can't disagree with that. Well, he has eight points, a plus seven, and fifty one percent in the circle. Fifty one percent is not great. I know. I know. <laughs> He'll get those numbers up. You got to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Uh, let's see. Rookie Barkov was a minus three. With 24 points in 54 games and a 49% in the circle. Those are rookie numbers. This has been rookie numbers with Jacob Langsam. Um, interesting things that happened in this game as well. Well, I'm doing a bit. Okay, uh, let's I just do need it. To get there. 
Uh, some more rookie numbers. Oh, interesting. They didn't track that in that rookie number. Hmm. Sam Bennett currently leads the league in Corsi four percentage. <laughs> Not a rookie number. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, a, a rookie number plus five with 39 points in 71 games. That's Patrice Bergeron, 2003-2004. A little numbers. bit better. But, I mean, like, we're comparing you to Bergeron. That in itself is a win. I'm not comparing anyone. And apparently face-off percentage was not a tracked stat until 07-08. What the hell? Like, you would have thought, based on the way these these commentators cite face-off percentage, that it's been, like, the foundation to understanding hockey for a century. No, nah, that like, was plus who's minus. 52% in the dot and who's 48 no, plus minus was was that metric that you're looking for. Up until plus then. minus is better than face-off percentage. <laughs> it is. Like, All I'm are... saying is Hockey Reference does not have face-off stats for Patrice Bergeron in 03, 04, from 03 until 07. I assume they was, also he, don't have it for anyone else. He was playing winger then, as everybody knows. I, that's not true. Don't Don't quote me on that because I made it up. It's It's fake news. Uh, Sam Reinhart continues to be very good. Evan Rodriguez continues to be making subtly good plays and generally being very good and 90% of the game and 10% of the game doing things that AHL players would do better. That's the Evan Rodriguez experience and you take it for the 90% of the things that are outstanding. I'm, I mean, like, it would be nice if E2 or Lundell were chipping in more yeah. offensively, but yeah, like in general, the depth scoring right now is not great. I would, yeah. I would actually, I, you know, thinking about it a little bit, that's probably my number one concern at the moment is that the depth scoring isn't really there. But part of that is that there's no depth right now because Bennett is out. And this is a, you know, a capped out team that didn't really have the ability to put together 14, 15 good forwards. Yeah. Like, William Lockwood was playing on the third line, but that's not what you want. I'm sorry to William Lockwood. He's been acceptable, but like, you don't want him on the third line. (laughs) He sure is playing in the bottom six. That's correct. William Lockwood is one of the NHL forwards of all time. I didn't think about Jonah Gadjevich tonight, which is a state that I prefer to be in. (laughs) I would generally say that that is a good thing. Yeah, you don't want to be thinking about that guy. Maybe if he's... I kind of forgot he was playing entirely, in fact. Maybe he wasn't, honestly. I can't remember him doing anything. Well, let's look at the individual numbers. Uh, he did not play. Oh, really? <laughs> I guess I guess when Rodriguez slotted back in, uh Gadjevich was the was the was the cut. You know, I thought that the so, cut would have been. There's a really the good that reason that we didn't this. notice Jonah Gadjevich tonight. I mean that's uh, that's a perfect scenario that he's not even having to play. Exactly. <laughs> sorry, 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 Jonah. We think you're extremely good at hockey, but not good enough to be one of the like hundred, you know, whatever best right wingers. Or you're exceptional, but not that exceptional. Moving on. He's exceptional on a global scale, but not relative to the NHL. Yeah. Um. So we've talked about everything defensively has been pretty good. Like OEL, I think the power play points are going to come because I I really like the power play in general. It looks very good. 
Yeah, I can't tell you why the puck's not going in the net. If anybody has anything smart to say about that, that might explain why the puck's not going in the net, I'm all ears. I don't really want to hear it can't be that good if they're not putting the puck in the net. I don't Agreed. accept that. Like, Agreed. Sorry, that's just the way that my brain works. But I am willing to listen to a more sophisticated explanation than how good can it be if the puck is not going in the net. So I'm all ears if you, if anybody wants to bring that to my attention. I'm actually but, curious about something to that end very quickly. We're, we're in a spot where the Panthers are scoring, what, like two goals a game, two and a half goals per game or something like that. We would have thought that if they were scoring two and a half goals per game, they'd be, I don't know, two, five and two at this point. And they're five, three and one and six, three and one. Yeah. Uh, five, five, three, three and one. one, five, three and one. Uh, on the power play, the Panthers are second in the league in Corsi four per 60 minutes. They are fifth in expected goals for per 60 minutes. So there is a drop off in quality relative to quantity, but it should still be scoring more than it is uh, for context. You take that second in attempts and fifth in expected goals. Uh, and the Panthers are sitting nice and pretty at 25th in goals for per 60 minutes on the power play. Well, they just don't have any shooting talent. I mean, Evan Rodriguez, Alexander Barkov, Matthew Kachuk, Sam Reinhardt. These these guys just don't score goals. They just don't. Yeah. So what do you expect from this power play? I mean, come (laughs) on. Like, get get your expectations to a level that makes sense, Jake. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's not like they're slotting away a 40-goal score on the second unit. Unbelievable. Like, And he hasn't even really gotten it going yet. Uh, I don't know. No, he sure hasn't. I don't know if that's... I'm just going to attribute it to the fact that there's not really anybody for him to play with right now. Cause he's not with Barkov, on the power right? player in general uh, on, at five on five. I mean, at, on the power play for sure. I mean, don't they have Nick cousins on the second unit that says it all. And then at five on five, I, I guess he's with Kachuk, but like Kachuk isn't doesn't look a hundred percent like Kachuk yet. Maybe he's still kind of yeah. working his way back from those, Pretty gruesome playoff you know what's injuries. Absolutely fucking nutty as we sit here saying Carter Verhage hasn't really gotten it going yet. What? He has three goals in eight games, which is a 30 goal pace. <laughs> so even Carter, even being like, where has Carter Verhage been so far this season? He's on pace for 30 goals still. That can, like, it can feel <laughs> that way when two of them are in one game. Right. Because I believe he scored twice against the Jets. I guess three goals in nine games now, so actually that number comes down a little bit. Yeah, that's not quite a 30-goal so pace So sorry, anymore. it's a 27-goal pace. Bomb. Like, Are we gonna that's trade still for ben really Chirac? good for his contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was curious about this in terms of the power play, but we don't need to make it a, a big talking point, but they're fourth in high-danger chances, which, which I tend to yeah, think of as like something that people are... Goals. I tend to think of that as like a thing that a person measures rather than like just an objective truth, sort of like how people, you know, I I don't look at the stats. Like I look at the eye test. Well, a high danger chance is something that I feel like somebody that's fair determines via eye test. Um, Okay. So power play discussion done. I don't really have anything to say about the penalty kill. I can't tell you if it's It's good or not. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's been fine. 
I'm not an authority on that. It's not losing us games. I'm not an authority on anything, just for the record. Like, don't ever think that I'm speaking from <laughs> any kind of high ground whatsoever. But You're so dumb. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm an idiot. If you get one thing, Hill is not losing the Panthers games, and that's an improvement. Yeah, and neither is Bob at this point. Bob, no, that's true. It would be harsh to say that Bob has lost them some games, but it just might be true the way that goaltending in this league works. It's a very high leverage position. Yeah. But he has overall been a positive this season in terms of like, the Panthers have had a goaltending advantage in most of their games this year. And that's yeah, very good. So. You wouldn't have necessarily expected that. Oh, wait, he still hasn't come up to 0. 0.0 goals saved above expected. Weird. Okay, sorry. Forget what I said. Bob's terrible. Anthony Solar should be the starter. No, oh, I mean, he's, he's been fine. Like, that. Not like that's that's like we've been saying kind of all along the based on outliers, really. Uh, he's had. He's played seven games, I'd say five quality starts. Fun fact that I just learned. Anthony Stolarz uh, leads the entire league in five on five save percentage. That one game that he played against the San Jose Sharks. It was definitely against the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> 23 saves on 23 shots. Anthony Stolar is perfect on the season at five on five. Yeah, the one goal they scored was uh, on the power play. What was the guy who scored on them again? I think it was that former Leaf guy. What was his name? I don't know. Andreas Janssen. Not him. Um, Anyway, the Sharks are kind of an interesting situation right now. They're averaging a goal a game. It's good to score. One? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, hopefully, Anthony Duclair gets out of there soon. I kind of feel like if you're one of the other 31 teams, nobody on that team is going to look as bad as they are this year. So, like, there's going to be some interesting opportunities to pick up guys for very low prices because they're just going to have terrible stats because yeah. this team is just talent bereft in a way that the other 31 teams are not. Correct. And this is a league with Chicago and Anaheim and Arizona. Arizona's actually good. They've got talent. Yeah, Arizona's been a fun team to watch this year. Clayton Keller's having a great year. Logan, Logan Cooley is so going to win the Calder. He's so good. He's going to win the Calder. Like, I'm sorry, Connor Bedard has not been as good as Logan Cooley. And that's saying something about Logan Cooley more than Connor Bedard, honestly. Yeah. Logan Cooley's been exceptional. One of my favorite players to watch in the league right now. Man. It's it's a fun league right now. I mean, the fact that we're talking about Bedard versus Cooley when last year, what was the Calder race? <laughs> Who was it? Uh, Beniers. Yeah, like Beniers would be a distant third this year. No offense to him, but like. <laughs> I don't even remember who the other finalists were. But uh, Stuart Skinner? Stuart Skinner, yeah, was one of them. Man, what a boring Calder season. Jesus. And Beniers is is very good, but he is not Bedard. He is not cool. Owen Power was the third. Owen Power. Owen Power's legit. I I should be more fair to Owen Power. Like he's going to be a very very good player for a very very long time. But like man, 
He's not as fun to watch as Logan Cooley. Oh, it's hard for a defenseman to be. World hair. Oh yeah, the, I, I don't generally love the like hockey vocabulary, but I do like lettuce, and he's got fabulous lettuce. That's a, that's a funny one. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm pretty much out of things to say about the Panthers. What else could we talk about? Should we talk about Rasmus Asplund got called up? I guess. Yeah, but he didn't play because Rodriguez was good to go. So, um, so should we uh slightly inconvenience slash annoy Josh Appel then? Is there anything significant to talk about? Um, I mean, this is the Panthers nerd podcast that people should generally know what's going on in the AHL. I feel like okay because they're. You know, they're listening beyond just uh, territory talk and everything, which, you know, those guys are great. I'm not trying to say anything negative about them. But, um, yeah, the, the two things I think I would want to point out, maybe maybe more than two, actually. Let's see how quickly I can get through these. Santa Canuna continues to be a point per game. He's got seven points in seven games. He was the team's defenseman of the month of October, which makes a lot of sense because he's got seven points. He leads the team in points. Uh, Rasmus Asplund, who got called up, has a respectable two goals and three assists in the seven games. Lucas Carlson's got three goals, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, something that's been kind of interesting to me is that uh, Mackie Samuskevich has only one point in the four games that he's played. He has not necessarily mm. hit the ground running. He's got five shots as well. Like you would expect them to be putting up a couple, maybe three shots a game, even if he's a guy that's pushing the NHL. And no, that's not happening right now, which is uh, not encouraging, but hopefully he'll be able to pick it up. Uh, sort of's got three assists in three games, so he's performing better right now. But that's only three games, so we'll see if he can continue that pace. Uh, but he really struggled in the NHL, so I'm not sure he's got a, much of a chance of coming back without just dominating. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to point out is that Spencer Knight got a shutout in his last game. Pretty sure this was his last game. Let me confirm this. I I I uh I know for a fact that he got a shutout recently, and uh, this was after a game where it, it kind of caused a little bit of a a stir on Twitter when I tweeted about it. The Checkers were up three to one late in Rochester, and then he gave up three goals in less than three minutes, all even strength, and they ended up losing the game four to three in regulation. So that was not great. Yeah, the last game was uh, on Saturday. It was a 2 nothing checkers win, and Knight got a shutout. Uh, I'm trying to see how many shots it was. He's, he faced 23 shots and stopped them all. So good to see Spencer Knight bounce back from that. You want him to ultimately end up being the backup to Bob when uh, push comes to shove down the stretch. Right now, Stolars look good in his first game. I think we're oh, going to yeah. get a ch- another chance to see him on Saturday. And, you know, he's going to be pushed by Knight because he's he's doing his part by getting that kind of shutout and performance overall. And that's uh, that's your checkers update because that's really all there is. You know, checkers purry. I, I stretched, honestly, by talking about some of the things I think the two main things to talk about are the the fact that Mackey doesn't really seem to be accumulating points or even shots on goal. And Knight got the shutout. Yes. All right. Um, anything parade you want to talk about? Uh, I think the last thing that we need to talk about is uh, 
the unfortunate accident that happened over in England with the Nottingham Panthers. Former NHL player Adam Johnson was unfortunately uh, passed away as a result of an on-ice neck injury, and I think it would behoove us to mention that and pay the due respect uh, to to the former NHLer. Really horrible, horrible freak accident. Uh, but the outcome here is that the WHL has already mandated neck protection moving forward. A couple of NHL and AHL players have already added that to their gear, uh, to their gear setup. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's it's long before the whole hockey world uh, is is in neck protection, and it'll be. I think it'll be a lot like visors were, where the players who are currently in the NHL are going to be grandfathered into not needing to alter their gear. Uh, but junior leagues, uh, the, 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 the lower, lower leagues for the younger, the younger leagues are going to, are going to start mandating it. And eventually every single player in the NHL is going to have a neck, neck protector as part of their gear. Yeah. I mean, I do think that like you said it was a freak accident and I'm thinking that, you know, that should be emphasized here. Like this, there's really nothing like this that's ever happened. Like there's been incidents where somebody's neck has been hit with the skate, but we haven't seen somebody pass away so quickly as a result of really anything that's happened on the ice in a long time. And, you know, that's the worst thing that can possibly happen. And you should pull out all the stops to prevent it from happening whenever you can. So, you know, there's a little part of me that does want to emphasize to people that like, this is a, this is not rare. It's rarer than rare. It's like Haley's common. This never happens. But you should be doing whatever you can to make one time in a million years, zero times in a million years. If that one thing, that yeah. one time is somebody dying at the age of 30, we're, we're 30. It's, it's unfathomably young. And tremendously sad for that reason. And nobody's had anything but very, very, uh, what's the right word? I don't want to even say like good things, like proud things. People were were happy to have known him, happy to be able to stand up for his character, happy to have interacted with him. And this was a guy that was playing in the, the English Hockey League. So it went way above his hockey ability, which playing professionally that's yeah. that means you were an outstanding player and i mean he played in the nhl he scored goals in the nhl so he was an outstanding player but not to the not to the level where you know he's going to make the hall of fame and people are just always going to think about his hockey playing ability what what stuck with people about him is his character and they were so happy to be able to talk about it even if it was in the worst of circumstances and I mean, people outside of these locker rooms too. Some of the media, I remember Sarah Sivian saying pretty nice things about him. And I mean, you know, th- this league isn't perfect, and the players that play in it, some of them have some, uh, you know, they've made mistakes. Let's put it that way. But in general, I like to see the good in people, and I think that most people are at the bottom of their souls. There's good there, maybe a lot, maybe a little, but nobody's you know, deserves what happened to 
Adam for sure. And we should be making all putting out all the stops to make sure that, you know, one time in a million years is zero times in the next million years. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not really a good way to, to segue out of this and into the end of the podcast. Uh, so I, I do think we just have to leave it there. Yeah. I, don't think I we mean, should do a rate as five stars bit to follow that up. Start putting net guards on your children as yeah. you get them involved in youth hockey. And our thoughts are with Adam's friends and family for sure. It's just impossible to digest that sort of thing happening. Like we said, so young and a, a person that meant an awful lot to an awful lot of people, even people that he barely interacted with. You just made a significant impact yeah so we are sorry to adam his family his friends and uh and to you for ending it on uh kind of a down <laughs> well let, let, let's let's turn it around a little bit you know it it's obviously a tragic situation but like in in any situation like this it is a reminder that like these moments that we have on this earth are, are precious and we can't take them for granted and we should tell each other how much they mean to us on a regular basis whenever we can. And Jake, you mean an awful lot to me. And I'm really glad that we get to do this on a weekly or semi-weekly basis. It means a lot to me. Yeah, me too. You mean a lot to me as well. And I think that was an incredibly sweet way to to go out here and everybody uh, that's listening to this podcast means a lot to me too yeah we wouldn't keep doing this if not for the people who listened so thank you all and with that we'll leave it with the moment of silent for adam moment of silence for adam johnson <laughs>